Next on Abounding Grace. I don't understand why we're so prone to freak out when we should be so prone to trusting God by faith. He has been faithful in the past. Amen? Anybody? Has he been faithful in your past? Yes. Do you think he's going to be faithful in the future? Yes. You just got to stand still. You got to be quiet. You got to see the salvation of the Lord. This is amazing grace. When you're in a deep pit, darkness is all around, and it appears there's no way out, what do you do? Well, it's about that time many of us start to panic or become fearful. But God is ready to do a work in your life at such times and meet you right there in that crisis. That's the encouragement we'll receive today from Hebrews chapter 11. Pastor Ed Taylor's message is focused on a time when Israel faced a deep, dark trial of their own, and they were very afraid. Let's see now how God delivered and encouraged them. You see, God is at work in your life, and he wants to send you, he wants to use you to send Egypt a message. He wants Egypt to know about his power and his glory and his faithfulness. He wants today, the culture in which we live, he wants the, the church to represent, this, as Jesus said, the salt and the light. He wants us to represent all that comes through the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus. He wants the world to understand his power. He wants the world to understand his forgiveness. He wants Egypt, the culture today, to understand him. And he's chosen to do it through the vehicle of you and me, his church. And how careful we need to be not to be all freaking out over things that are outside of our control. Sure, we might be stuck, but God will be with us. And notice what his answer is in verse 13. So Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Number one, you're very afraid, don't be afraid. Number two, stand still. Just stop it. Stop running all over the place. Stop trying to get things in your own hands. Stop it, just stand still. And then you'll see, get your eyes back, you'll see the salvation of the Lord. You'll see it. Because he'll accomplish it for you, it says, today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will see never again, no more. And notice verse 14. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Now that phrase, you shall hold your peace, let me paraphrase that for you. Be quiet. That's what Moses says. Hey, don't be afraid. Stand still. You're going to see God's work, his salvation. He's going to accomplish it. The Egyptians you're afraid of right now, you'll never see again. God's going to fight for you. God has placed himself between you and your enemies. God has placed himself between you and injustices. God has placed himself between you and those things that bring great fear but whether you enjoy the presence of God has everything to do with where your eyes are. Jesus spoke about our eyes being the gateways into our soul. 
that, that where we focus, what we pay attention to will build our trust or not. Oh, you can still see the salvation of the Lord and hurt at the same time. You can still see the salvation of God and be overwhelmed with grief and sorrow for sure. Or you can take your eyes off of the faithfulness of God and you cannot be quiet. Moses said, look, you've got to be quiet. You've got to stand still. Or like the psalmist said, what did the psalmist say? He said, be still and know that I am God. Stay put. A better way of looking at that is from what Jesus said, abide in me and I in you. That's your source of strength. And don't be afraid. Don't, don't lose control. Don't blame your bad behavior on something or someone else. Abide in Christ. He hasn't forgotten you. There are just times in your life where things are not the way they look. And I know you, you've set it up and you've looked at it. You've got the calculator out. You've kind of figured it out. You've looked at what the past performance, and you, you're like, oh no, this is bad. But it's not as it looks because there's always a spiritual dynamic beyond what you can physically see. To see into the spiritual realm. God wants to show you. God has brought you to where you are. You're boxed in today. You're stuck you don't know which way to go. God has brought you to that place so he could show you his resources, show you his faithfulness that you don't know anything about. He's ready to de deliver you. He's ready to fight for you. He's ready to protect you. He's ready to come in ways that you don't even have any idea about. You don't even know. You know, one of the things he's going to do here that if you would have told the children of Israel, this is how God's going to deliver you, you they would have laughed. Because we're going to laugh in a second when we see what God has done. But what Moses didn't do is he didn't try to reason. He didn't try to explain to them. He just said, look, get your eyes back on the Lord, guys. We've come this far. God's not going to let us down now. And God has brought you this far, church. He's not going to just abandon you now. As a matter of fact, God has promised never to abandon you or forsake you or turn his back on you. Ever. Especially now. In the time of great crisis. Now, notice with me, verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. So here is where they are. Only when they learn to be quiet... And only when they learn how to stand still were they able to go forward. So you know how you get when you're panicking. You just want to run, you want to run, you want to run, you want to run, you want to run. And God says, no, don't be afraid. Stand still. Watch out for God. Be quiet. Now go forward. Be in that posture and that place of receiving the presence of God. Remember, you're going forth in His strength. Sometimes we're standing when we should be moving. Other times we're moving when we should be standing. How do we know the difference? The Spirit of God inside of us. He'll give us direction. You see, the deliverance was theirs. It was already theirs. Now it was time to move forward. There was a way out, a way of deliverance that they had no idea. They just needed to continue to go forth by faith. Notice again in verse 17. I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians 
and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor. Why has God allowed this? To gain honor over Pharaoh and over his army and over his chariots and over his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. Look, your whole response to every trial, every difficulty, collectively, individually, is for the purpose of God through you showing the world his power through your weakness, through, through our timidity, through our lack of resources. God is wanting to show off his power through you. Uh, that's a pretty heavy thought. There are very few times where I would look at my life and say, man, it's worth showing off at all. But God sees something different than even I see. I belong to him. He purchased me with his own blood. And what's true for me is true for you. The Egyptians are going to know that I'm the Lord. That They're going to know. Not only they, but this story, this true story is going to be studied thousands of years later. And when we get to the next by faith in Hebrews, we're going to learn about Joshua and Rahab. And guess what Rahab's talking about when the guys show up in the promised land? We heard about you. And we heard about your God and the power of your God. And we're afraid. And we'll be looking at that next time. You see, the faithfulness of God, word gets around. Just as fast as murmuring and complaining gets around, so does the word of God's faithfulness and his strength. And the ability to like, man, you know, you're looking at it like God wants to use your life. So think about it this way. You're at work. Last couple weeks, you've been crying in your cubicle because it's been hard. And you can't hold back the tears. It's all over your face. And yet, a couple weeks later, you go back to work and you're doing better. You're doing better. So there you are in the break room and somebody comes up and goes, are you okay? Because like the last couple weeks, you've been crying, but you look good today. And you're like, yeah, you know, I am doing better. My God has been helping me. And they go, oh, no, you're not one of those people. Oh, yeah, not only am I one of those people, but I want you to sit down because I got a story to share with you. I want to tell you about how, just how bad it was. I want to tell you just how hurt I am. I want to tell you just how hard it's been. And then I want to tell you about the God of all comfort who comforts me in all my tribulation, who's been with me every moment of the way. And I'm sorry and I'm embarrassed by the tears on my face, but I know that you cry sometimes too. Who comforts you in your tears? Who comforts you in your pain? Who do you turn to? You see, everything is an occasion for God's glory to shine through your life. Everything. Everything is from, everything is from God's faithfulness in this world. Yeah, we face the pain of sin and difficulty, but everything is from a loving God. He's allowed it into your life. He's allowed the circumstances. He's even even brought you perhaps to a place where you're trapped and you're stuck. Why? So that your life will become an occasion. He wants to show the Egyptians his power. He wants to show this culture it has no power over us. Don't settle for weak, beggarly areas of power. No, we have a greater. We have one that's greater. And as we learn how to navigate through troubled waters in our culture, without murmuring, without complaining, just learning to trust in a faithful God in an unfaithful culture, God's showing his power. He's showing his power in a way that could not come any other way. So notice, in verse 19, the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. And so it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. 
Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave it light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near and the other all that night. Then Moses, verse 21, stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. So God brings you right to the Red Sea, and then he tells the Red Sea what to do. And he makes a way where there is no way. Not only that, because this is the God of the miraculous here. This is a miracle of God. This is no small thing. You know, commentators and people will come to this in the Bible and go, oh, you know, it wasn't really read the sea. It was more of this other little area known as the reed sea, where it was just a little bit of water, you know, just a couple inches of water. And then they were able to go and the water kind of moved and they walked over. No, 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 no. Not true, not true, not so. The Bible says that God moved upon the water. And not only did he move the water, but that the land wasn't muddy. When you expect it to be muddy and then you get stuck in it. It wasn't even muddy. It was dry. Why? Because we believe, you know, if you can believe Genesis 1-1, remember that verse? In the beginning, God created. The rest of the Bible is easy to receive. You know that. You either believe Genesis 1-1 or you don't. And I know that you do. And so this is the miraculous. And it just spoke to my heart personally. I want more of the miraculous of God in my life. I'm one of those guys that likes to figure things out, likes to put numbers together. You know, when the Bible says God is, loves decency and in order, that resonates with my, I love things decently and in order. I just like things the way, I like things in a specific way. But God likes to break in on our normal with supernatural things. He is the God of the miraculous. There is a miraculous way of deliverance even for you right now. And I pray that you can access it and enjoy it by faith. The, the good news about this is that all these failures by the children of Israel, how are they remembered in Hebrews? By faith, they went through the Red Sea. Now, if we just went through Hebrews and never came back to Exodus, we would think, oh no, I don't know if I could ever be like them because if I was at the Red Sea, I'd be freaking out. So were they. And if I was at the Red Sea, I'd be complaining. So were they. And if I was at the Red Sea, I'd be really mad at Ed for leading us there. So were they. But what does God remember? Not your failures. God remembers your faith. So even today, you're backed into a corner and you're out of control. God is faithful. He's able to deliver you. So it came, verse 20, between the camp Verse 21, Moses stretches out his hand. They're on dry land. Verse 22, the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground. The waters were a wall to them on the right hand and on the left. The Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea. All the Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud. And he troubled, uh-oh, now God's going to deal with the Egyptians. And he troubled the army of the Egyptians. And you got it, you know, God has a sense of humor. Look what he does to them. He could do a lot of things. He could send lightning bolts. He could make the water fire. He could talk from heaven. But what does our God do? Check this out. It says that as they're going through, he looks down upon them and he, verse 25, took off their chariot wheels. 
so that they drove them with difficulty. So you just imagine, there's like all the things that God could do, he's down there unscrewing their, their chariot wheels so that they're all wobbling around and they've lost control. I don't know if he unscrewed. Don't quote me on that, all right? I don't know if he unscrewed. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. So he said, the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fights for them. Well, however he did it, the Egyptians got the message. God is on the move here. He fights for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, verse 26, stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians on their chariots and on their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. When the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. The waters returned, covered the chariots, the horsemen, all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them, not so much as one of them remained. So those guys that think it was in a little bit of water, you know, a few inches in the Reed Sea, if that's true, then that's even a greater miracle that all that little water drowned the entire Egyptian army. So either way, God wins of the miraculous, right? But we know what the Bible says. We trust what it says. We know that it was miracle upon miracle upon miracle because when God invades the natural, he invades it with his supernatural power. Nothing, like, I don't know why, I don't understand why we're so prone to freak out when we should be so prone to trusting God by faith. He has been faithful in the past. Amen? Anybody? Has he been faithful in your past? Yes. Do you think he's going to be faithful in the future? Yes. You just got to stand still. You got to be quiet. You got to see the salvation of the Lord. It's one of the reasons why we take communion. Every, all the elements are right there. That's why we come to the communion table. Because a greater than Moses is here today. His name, Jesus Christ. He's the one that sacrificed his life for you. Died on the Roman cross. Was buried and three days later rose again to forgive you and me of our sins. He, he at the communion table, we're standing still. At the communion table, we're seeing our salvation. At the communion table, we are remembering in silence quietness, the faithfulness of God. It says in verse 30, so the Lord saved Israel that day. You might want to mark that. You can write next to it your name. And so the Lord saved Ed that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. I've been in some deep pits myself. I, I understand the inside of a deep pit. I understand that sense like Joseph, you know, he's in the deep pit. I've been in a deep pit, darkness all around, no hope of ever getting out. You get, you get so used to the pit sometimes, there are times you don't even want to get out. You're just like, this is my life. And then you get to that place, all right, finally somebody coming by, going to take me out of the pit. Oh, man, they're slave traders. Ugh. Things are worse, not better. And you get there, and you finally get put into the house of Potiphar. Okay, great. Until you meet his wife, accused of rape, thrown into prison. Things get worse. And there you are in prison, talking to the baker, talking to the butler. Remember me, remember me. Forgotten for years in the prison. Things get worse. Till finally in the appropriate time, God intervenes. So that at the end, like Joseph, we can say what was meant for evil, God has turned around for good. What was meant for evil. Things are just meant for evil. Evil people do evil things. It's hard for us sometimes to grasp because we have learned to stay innocent in the things that are evil. 
but others not so much. And we have insight here that God saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. It was a done deal. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. God will take care of your enemies. God will take care of them. You take care of them, you're going to suffer. Let God deal with your enemies. He'll take care of them. And Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord. Look at how fast. They went from very afraid to now fearing the Lord. Why? Because they did what Moses told them to do, and they got to see it with their own eyes. Now we know. I'm, I'm trusting God through this. I'm trusting God. Listen, church, as we close here. Everyone in this room faces something. Faces things you've never faced before. Different and diverse. Cancer. Divorce, prodigal kids, addictions, suicide, suicidal thought, anger, great evil atrocities have been perpetrated upon your family. And the Lord is leading you along the way. With the leading of God comes the deliverance of God. They go together. Hey, thanks for listening to Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. And Ed, I couldn't help but think that this message is just what someone needed to hear today. They're afraid, like the children of Israel, maybe even complaining about their situation. They feel stuck. I'll hand the mic back over to you so you can leave them with some encouragement as we close. Larry, I literally hung up with a pastor about an hour ago, a friend of mine from Southern California, And we talked about this very thing, feeling stuck. He's having a hard time finding a place. COVID has scattered his church plant just as it was gaining momentum. Uh, The pandemic and all the issues has scattered the flock. Some of his key leaders aren't pressing in. Some have left to go do something else because this church has that and that. And then you listening, you know, you have your own issues, don't you? And you feel stuck. You're at the, I used this exact scripture with him. We, we pray, when I prayed, we prayed that God would make a way where there is no way, that God would do something. We don't know. The children of Israel didn't know. They were just told to stand still and watch. And so I give that word to you today. Stand still and watch and see that God is going to do something great and amazing in your midst. Uh, so trust him. I know it's hard. And let me just say, it it may not get easier. It may get harder. And just because it gets harder doesn't mean you're not in the will of God. You you can be in the will of God and still experience difficult times. I I think of Nahum chapter 1 verse 7 says that we know that the Lord is good and he's a stronghold in the day of trouble. And one of the conclusions we can take from that text is that just because God is good doesn't mean he's going to keep you keep you from trouble and from difficulty. But God is faithful. And as you launch into this time of Bible study, uh, as you launch into your day, I should say, I know the Lord's going to encourage you, strengthen you. And maybe you do need, maybe that was just a little prophetic word. You do need to spend some time meditating on this passage so you can see how faithful God is. If he was faithful then, he's faithful now because he doesn't change. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. So good. 
Thanks again, Pastor Ed. And friends, if you've missed the first half of this study, you can hear it through our website at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Penned on a train from Illinois to Texas, The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer has proven to be helpful to anyone longing for a deeper experience with God. This book is a modest attempt, Tozer wrote, to aid God's children so to find Him. If you're hungry, the pursuit of God will lead you to the only one who can satisfy the soul. And we'll gladly send you a copy for a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. Thank you for remembering us in your prayers and giving to the Lord. Your gift, whatever the size, will serve to help us reach thousands with the message of Christ. Reach us toll-free at 877-30-GRACE. Again, 877-30-GRACE. Ordering resources is easier than ever now through our e-store at calvaryco.store. That's calvaryco.store. If you'd just like to make a donation and are not interested in the pick of the month, you could just go online to aboundinggraceradio.com. Connect with us through social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. There's a link to each page at aboundinggraceradio.com. We'll return to Hebrews next time out on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. See you then. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.